I just thank you, God, for this evening. I thank you, Jesus, for your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you are here. I thank you, Lord, that you are an amazing God, that there is no one like you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Father, that we can call upon your name, Lord, and you answer, Father God. You put your ear to us, Father God. You hear us, Lord. Father, I ask that you would give me the words to speak, Lord. I lean upon you right now, Lord Jesus, and I ask, Father God, that you would have your way tonight, Lord. Be glorified, Lord Jesus. Open up your words to our hearts, Lord God, that we would be ready to listen, ready to hear you, Father God. I bless you, Lord. You are good. You are awesome. And I praise you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, as Miss Jen said, I have been coming to CWC for eight years now, but I first came when I was about 17. The church that I went to at that time um, was a really small church, and I was basically the only youth at that church. And so Chrissy, Miss Chrissy, um, invited me to the youth here, and she was a leader of the of the youth at that time when Pastor Mike and Debbie Solani were the pastors for the youth. And that's how I met Josh. We were friends. He was 15 and I was 17. And um, we instantly had a connection. And, um, and then now we're married, <laughs> have three kids. I grew up here in San Diego. I went to Santana High School and um, grew up in the Santee Lakeside area. And I just want to talk to you all tonight a little bit about my testimony and specifically the time when I was a teenager. Um, it's funny because when I was preparing this message, I was thinking, God, why do you have me talking about the time when I was a teenager? I just feel like that was so long ago, and it's just, you know, I'm just thinking, what does that have to do with today? Well, Pastor Ryan gets up, and he's talking about high school and football, and I was like, okay, God, thank you for that confirmation, because I know that's what I'm supposed to speak about. Um, so there was a time when... Um, I was probably about 16 or 17, I started to backslide and I started to walk away from God. It was a very, very dark time for me and I just came to a place where I was truly just ashamed to even come to God. Um, I was... I was dating someone that I shouldn't have been dating. I was hanging out with friends that I shouldn't have been hanging out with. And I just found myself in this place where I all of a sudden I couldn't get out of it. I was trapped. And thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Have your way right now, Lord God. I pray against every attack of the enemy right now in Jesus' name. 
Father God, I ask that you would get the words out of my mouth, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. So during this time, I was trying to find my identity in, in a relationship, and dating somebody made me think that, well, this person is pursuing me. That's how I know I'm pretty. That's how I know I'm accepted. And so the enemy would just put these people in my life that would be a distraction to me. And I just found myself just falling so far away from God. It was truly one of the, the hardest times I've ever gone through. So I was remembering at this time uh, a testimony of a pastor who had come to our church with at the Light Family Church. And he told us that he, he was bound by drugs, bound by alcohol, and he would do he would go and do drugs he would he would be drunk out of his mind and then he would go into his prayer closet and go pray and i was thinking to myself how could you just be in that state of mind and then go to god and pray aren't you supposed to clean up your act aren't you supposed to just you're supposed to be clean before you come to god so i already had those judgments in my heart towards him as a young, young teenager. And then when I found myself in this same situation, I went and I did that myself. So when I was out with my friends and, you know, in this place of sin and just turmoil in my spirit, I would come home at night, I would sit on my the floor of my bedroom and I would start to pray. And it wasn't even, I couldn't even speak to God in English. So I would just start to pray in my spirit and I would speak in tongues. And speaking in tongues is is a prayer language that God that God had given me when I was 13 years old. And weeks had gone by and I you know was still going out with my friends, still um, dating someone I shouldn't have been dating and then all of a sudden one day it just completely broke in my life and God gave me the strength to say no to those relationships. He gave me the strength to end everything that was destroying my life. And But at the end of the day, I still had to make a choice to say no to those things. But it was a strength within my spirit that gave me the ability to do it. So now I have the same testimony as this pastor that I had judged so deeply that when I found myself in this place of sin, I didn't have to get my act cleaned up. I just came to God and just believed that he would deliver me from that. So I want to read to you Romans 8.26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. 
This verse was real to me at that time. He was making intercession for me. He interceded for me in that place of that I was completely beside myself, didn't know how to get out of, out of that sin. So shortly after this time, I was going to Grossmont College and I was taking a few classes there. And I came home from school one afternoon. I was going through the doors at my house at my parents and I felt the Lord put in my heart, you're supposed to go somewhere. And I was thinking, go somewhere? Where am I supposed to go? So I tell my mom, I say, Mom, I feel like I'm supposed to go somewhere. And she says, well, there's a Bible school in Pennsylvania. Maybe you should go to this Bible school. So we look it up online, and instantly I knew that I was supposed to go to this school. And I talked to my dad about it wasn't too excited. He wanted me to get a degree and get a degree and just be able to pursue a career, which I totally understand. But I just said, God, if you want me to go to this school, you will, I just believe that you will touch my dad's heart and that he will give me his blessing to go. And I thought that that was so important for me because I had been in such a place of rebellion that I didn't want to go to Bible school in rebellion to my dad. And it was only maybe two weeks later of um, talking to my mom about Bible school and signing up that I was on the plane to Pennsylvania. And it just happened so fast. And right before I was leaving, my dad just said to me, he goes, you know, I I feel like this is this is God and he gave me his blessing to go and it's just the faithfulness of God when you trust him and you just step out he will take care of all of the the little things that concern our hearts so I go to this Bible school it's in Pennsylvania it's out in the boonies it is a very kind of strict Bible school. It has a, a setup where it's free of distractions. So there's no cell phones, no internet, no TV. And you go there and you go to class, you go to chapel, and you pray. And those were the things that we did for three years. And it was a time of my life where I began to experience God in such a powerful way in my life. In my second year of school, I started to ask God for a hunger for his spirit. And I didn't even really know what to expect when I was praying this prayer. And just in my, my daily devotionals, God, I, I want a hunger for you. I want to know who you are. Within about a month of praying that, God just poured out his spirit upon my life. And I was so hungry for God that I became addicted to him. I could not get enough of his Holy Spirit. I would pray for hours and it felt like minutes. 
Thank you, Jesus. I want to read to you Matthew 6, 6. It says, but, when, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And when I read this, I want to emphasize to you right now is that it says, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And if you've ever been in that time of your life where you're saying, God, where are you? I don't know where you are. Well, this is a promise from God right here that when you pray to your Father, he's in that secret place. He's there. He's listening to us. Now, I also want to read through some verses in Song of Solomon. I'm going to read quite a few verses in here, but I'm going to break some of them down. Chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. But before I read this, let me just explain the book of Song of Solomon. It's a book that King Saul, sorry, King Solomon wrote to the Shulamite woman. It's a love story between Solomon and the Shulamite woman. And if you put your shoes, your, put yourself in the Shulamite woman's shoes and picture when it says the beloved, picture that as Jesus. So you're hearing Jesus speaking these words over your life. And that's what we're going to talk about right now. So verse 8 says, The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes, leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. Now, when I was reading this, I was thinking, if you weren't expecting someone to be at your house looking through your window, it would be pretty terrifying. But if you were expecting somebody to be coming to your house, it would be pretty exciting, especially if it was someone that you knew and someone that you loved. <clears throat> Verse 10 says, My beloved spoke and said to me, Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. My fair one in the Hebrew means beautiful, fairest one, and pleasant. So here he's, he's coming to the house of the Shulamite woman, and he's, he's charging her to come away, to get up and to come away. But as he's doing that, he's calling her beautiful, fairest one, pleasant. And that's how Jesus sees us, is that we are beautiful to him. We are his fairest one. And verse 11 says, For lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. And I want to break down two words in this verse. Winter in the Hebrew means to hide, and winter as the dark season. And so I'm thinking to myself, is the Shulamite woman hiding? Why is she hiding? And maybe she's hiding in the comforts of her own home. And then um, when it says the rain is over and gone, over 
in the Hebrew means renew, change, strike through, and sprout again. And when I saw sprout again, I was just thinking, wow, that is so amazing that, you know, he's, when you look at the beginning, he's, he's calling her to rise up and to come away. He's telling her that the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. It's now time to, to sprout up, to sprout out again. And it's just a beautiful picture of, of being renewed, being renewed by the Holy Spirit to sprout again. In chapter 2, verses 12 and 13, the flowers appear on the earth, the time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. So again, he's, he's telling her who she is in him by expressing to her, you are my fair one, you're beautiful. She's finding out who her identity is in Christ. And then he's encouraging her to, to rise up. And it's also to rise up out of this place of complacency. And when I was preparing this message, I just knew, I'm like, God, this is, this is me. You are encouraging me to rise up again, to be rekindled by his spirit and to seek his face. And, you know, it, it, it's hard when you have a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a four-month-old baby to find that place of prayer. And the thought of praying without ceasing has a totally different meaning to me now. That it's when I'm doing the dishes, it's when I'm changing diapers, and whatever else comes with being a busy mom. And... My friend, she's in a very similar situation. She has four kids, and they're all around the same age. And I asked her, when do you find time to pray? And she goes, well, God spoke to me and gave me the idea to pray 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, and 10 minutes in the evening. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's brilliant. I'm going to start doing that. And because when I was in Bible school, you know, there's this idea that you have to get up early in the morning, you pray for an hour, you read your word, and that's how you do devotionals, and that's it. And so we both, you know, had this idea that, you know, we're not spending enough time with God. But even still with all of the busyness of being a mom, I still need to find that place of prayer. There's still no excuses to not at least just reverence God and the other day, Judah had gotten up from his nap, and the other two were still sleeping. And I said, Judah, I'm going to put praise and worship on, and I'm going to pray. And so he's sitting at the table eating a snack, and I just started to pray. And it was just an eye-opening moment because I'm thinking, my kids can watch me and, and see me pray. What's wrong with that? And... 
he just started, at, he wanted to pray for his neighbors. So then we started praying together. He wanted to pray for his friend Vincent. And I was so blessed in that time, in that moment. I was just like, my son already knows how to pray. And then he asked me, Mom, pray for me. And then when you're done praying for me, keep praying. And I was just like, God, only you, God, could do something so beautiful in a four-year-old little boy. Thank you, God. So back to um, Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. I'm just going to read all of them here. By night on my bed, I sought the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. I will rise now, I said, and go about the city in the streets and in the squares. I will seek the one I love. I sought him, but I did not find him. The watchmen who go about the city found me. I said, have you seen the one I love? Scarcely had I passed them, passed by them. When I found the one I love, I held him and would not let him go. So from the beginning of what I just read until now, when he asked her to rise up and come away with me, she didn't do it. And I'm wondering, what is it that caused her to not rise up and to come away? And I really feel like it's distractions. That's why she didn't come up to get up and to come away with him. And today we have so many distractions. We have our cell phones, we have our TVs, we have everything around us is distractions. And I just encourage you today, and as I'm encouraging myself, is to put away your phones and get out your Bible and to read your Bible and not read your Bible on your phones because even on the Bible apps, they have little um, ads at the bottom. And I'm like looking at shirts. I'm like, oh, that's cute. And I'm like, there's so much distraction. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Okay, where's, where's my Bible? I got to just get my Bible out. So this Shulamite woman, she didn't get up because of distractions. Then she realizes he's already, he was looking through my window the one that I love is searching for me. He's calling me out by name. And I don't know where he is now. I don't know where to find him. So she gets up and she's asking people, do you know where my beloved is? And then she finds him. And as soon as she finds him, she wouldn't let him go. And that is the place that Jesus is so excited about is that when we decide to get up and to find that place of intimacy in prayer, when we decide to put away the distractions that can destroy your life, when we decide those things, he is there and he is excited that in her heart she said, I'm, I'm not going to let you go. And I just encourage you all to just be in that place. Once you find who Jesus is for you, don't let him go. Thank you, Jesus.
That's all I have for tonight. Do you want me to close out in prayer or do you? Okay. Thank you, Lord. God, you are an amazing God. Your Holy Spirit is sweet, Father God. You are a gentleman. You do not force your way with anybody, Lord. God, I ask that you would continue to have your way tonight, Lord Jesus. And I ask, Father God, that if there is anyone here tonight struggling, Lord, that maybe they don't know who they are in you, Jesus. I pray, Father God, that you would minister to their hearts right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that you are real, that you are tangible. I glorify your holy name, Jesus. There is no one like you, Father God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. have been listening to a teaching from San Diego Christian Worship Center. For more information and additional resources, visit us online at worshipjc.com.